Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. We've got our take cannons loaded and ready. ready. Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short the routes. boys are back, back. Excellent separation against man coverage. This is Reception Perception, the show. Yo, what's cracking, everybody? James Coe, Matt Harmon here with you. You're listening to Perception, Perception, the show. Matt, how are you doing uh, post-Christmas, pal? I'm doing good, man. I'm, I'm tired, for sure. Uh, I feel more worn out uh, this Monday than most Mondays, despite the fact we didn't have like a full NFL slate on, on Sunday, which... I think probably says more about uh, the holiday activities than anything else. But uh, yeah, I know I'm, I'm dialed in. I'm, I'm ready to go. We're, we're almost done here. I mean, this is this is pretty <laughs> much this, this is pretty crazy. much it. The end of the regular season. And I'm oh. definitely uh, I, I think this is a uh, just a post Christmas thing. But I'm so ready to be done with so many of these teams and, and some of this stuff like, you know, OK, I, I don't I don't want to talk about the Titans anymore. I don't want to talk about some of these other teams. It's just, I'm, I'm, I love focusing on on the good stuff, but uh, of football. Yeah. But I'm definitely like in the post holiday days where you know because we got the extra week of the regular season now. It's like we don't jettison some of these moribund vagabond teams as early as we used to. And also, James, because of the damn seventh seed, the weird yes. state of the NFC, particularly because of the NFC South. I mean, the NFC South, bro. Like, my God they're going to force us to talk about a bad team. I don't want to talk about for so I have, look, you know, I have a complicated relationship with the Carolina Panthers, right? I think I, even I, and I used to be like a hardcore Panthers fan growing up. I've never rooted for the team harder than I will be this week because I want them. I want them in the playoffs more than I want the bucks so badly. Not because I think the Panthers are going anywhere, but because I don't want to talk about or think about the Bucks anymore, that I'm rooting for the Panthers to to win the <laughs> NFC South, and it would be a slightly cool story for for Steve yeah, Wilkes for and sure. Guys. So Absolutely. yeah, I don't know. Are you kidding me? Of course, no. They're they're this plucky little team. It's like so weird, you know. It's like Matt Rule gets fired, and all of a sudden, you know, everyone thinks they're dead in the dirt. And you know what? They're kind of they're they are kind of sort of floundering around, but they're in the mix. They're absolutely in the mix. What they did against Detroit here in week 16, I thought was 
I mean, you talk about unexpected. Everyone said that Carolina's run game was going to get boxed up, and it yeah. was the literal exact opposite. It was the exact opposite of what everyone was expecting. So, no, man, they've um, I think Carolina's absolutely exceeded expectations, and they are a fun little team. Look, their quarterback situation is a little weird, uh, Sam Darnold and, and, and the boys. Um, but, you know, hey, listen, they've got DJ Moore, who people like. I think they've got a young, uh, potentially emerging wide receiver there in Terrace Marshall. They've got these two cast-off running backs that, again, I mean, you talk about a, a mid-season, late-season surge between Chuba and Deontay Foreman. I, look, they've got some decent storylines. Sam Darnold is number one in adjusted yards per attempt since he took over the starting job in week 12. Crazy. He's number two in EPA per dropback, which is absurd. And I do, <laughs> I do actually think and I'm never the, like the interim head coach should take over as the full-time guy, because I typically yeah. think like it just doesn't translate over to that stuff. But I don't know, man, I'm, I'm, I think Steve Wilkes kind of deserves a, deserves a shot to be the Panthers head coach. You know, you got such a raw deal in Arizona gets replaced for cliff. Who's been terrible. Um, you know, sounds like the, he kind of got forced, I, I, you know, some of this stuff you never know with like a post firing public airing of grievances, you know, it, it, the reports out of Arizona was, Oh no, Steve Wilkes actually wanted to take Josh Rosen or Josh Allen. And, uh, Steve Kime made him take Josh Rosen. You never know how much of some of that stuff is true, but <laughs> right, right, I'm, right, right, you know, right. But still like, I mean, that was a, that was a ridiculously hilariously bad offense, but there's, you only need to take like a cursory glance at the Carolina Panthers to know how hard those guys like love and fight for Steve Wilkes at this point. And, and obviously the, the complete <clears throat> inverse of whatever they thought about Matt rule is what they think about Steve Wilkes. So um, that it's, I think it's a pretty cool storyline for him. And, and yeah, your point about Foreman is so well taken because you know, we can, we can bust our ass to look at trends and recent stuff. And this is what's going on and try to predict the future. And everything, everything, even Foreman's recent performances would have told you like, yeah, you can't yeah. trust this guy. And, and then he goes out and he has like a, if anybody played him in week 16, they they, they won their week most likely because sure. of that. Yeah. A 20 spot in PPR, man, just absolutely stomping fools out on his way to the end. zone. So it's just great, man. Like, oh my gosh, what, what a great story. Uh, it has been to see Deontay Foreman, who now, by the way, adds his name into a very crowded running back mix this off season when we're talking about off season signing. So, um, I, I just am excited because when we talk about the off season, man, somebody is going to get a running back on the super dirt cheap and they're going to be getting a high quality player for like nothing because the free agent market is just flooded right now mm -hmm. with potentially superstar uh, running backs anyways. Okay. Uh, I, I want to make one last point about Sam Darnold, by the way, I know he was a huge flame out um, and consider is considered a huge bust. Uh, but can we at least say there's maybe some potential for him to be like a solid like mid-tier quarterback in the NFL only because only because he had two years of Adam Gase and then he had a year of uh, of Matt Rule there's a possibility that Sam Darnold is not as bad or even hilariously bad as people think that he might be uh, I think that is definitely true and you know he's had moments where he's shown like competent play you know if you could yeah. compare him to you compare him to a guy like Zach Wilson, right? Which is an unfair comparison. I mean, there's really no point in me taking more shots at Zach Wilson. Everybody's <laughs> taking shots at Zach Wilson. Yeah, exactly. But it's like yeah. Wilson has never shown like really anything more than like one or two plays of promise. But Darnold has strung together like 
I mean, this like month of play that he's giving you since week 12, um, the first month of last season, uh, when he first opened the season as a starter for the Carolina Panthers, like, and then obviously with the Jets, you're right. He had Adam Gase, uh, no supporting cast around him. Um, I don't like it's another, this is a bit more of a, a, a probably more fair comparison, you know, like Jameis Winston, right? Like I think mm-hmm. if, if you stuck Sam Darnold on an offense with like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin that year, that uh, Jameis Winston just went crazy. Like from a statistical perspective, obviously threw a bunch, of, a bunch of interceptions too. Like, I don't think there's that big of a gap. Yeah. I think Sam Darnold well, he, with his play right now, at the very least he's given himself like a long career as an NFL backup. Whereas, you know, I've, if he never got on the field this year, I'm not sure that that would be the case. Let's move on. Let's talk about, uh, we got a great show in front of us here, uh, as we always do, but um, we're going to talk about the Eagles and Cowboys. And man, look, uh, it is time for Festivus, okay? We got to air some grievances out with some disappointing players here uh, in the fantasy semis. Uh, and then we'll take an eye on next year as well. I, I just think it's really interesting because I tell you what, the, the top two, three, maybe five picks, not very clear in 2023 when we're talking about fantasy football. But I think the big story today uh, is the fact that Nate Hackett, Nathaniel Hackett there in Denver did not last a single year, got absolutely trounced by the Rams in uh, week 16 and then immediately got fired. I mean, you talk about a, uh, a Christmas holiday, you know, Grinch firing Hackett on Christmas day <laughs> seems a little harsh, but that's what we got here in Denver. And, you know, I don't think anyone's really crying about it. Uh, people kind of felt that Nathaniel Hackett was a little bit over his head. Uh, yeah. So now he joins a, a, a very illustrious group of guys, uh, since 1970, uh, first year head coaches to not finish, uh, their, their first season as the head coach. It's now Nate Hackett, our guy Urban Meyer from last year, what a what a right. disaster! Bobby Petrino with the Falcons, uh, Pete McCulley, don't know who that is, with the 49ers, and Lou Holtz, no idea, uh, with is. the Jets. So lo- <laughs> it's like, it's kind of funny that it's a bunch of flame out college coaches and then Nathaniel yeah. Hackett there in Denver. Um, I, I would also argue, Matt, that he's truly the only guy that truly got fired. Fired in that. Urban Meyer did get fired, but remember, he would have absolutely survived. As a matter of fact, I think he might have been a coach this year if it wasn't for the scandal. You know what I mean? Um, there was that video of him at the bar after an Ohio State, whatever, whatever. Yeah. I, I think that kind of you know got that ball moving. Um, who was the second guy on that list? Uh, the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Petrino. Oh, Petrino. Petrino. He quit. Out on the, yeah, yeah, he, he quit. quit. Yeah, he quit. Right. So like he quit on that team. I don't know who that other dude was for the Niners. And then Lou Holtz, that's so that's like ancient times, like dinosaurs were roaming the earth um, at that time. So it's like, yeah, I mean, it was so long ago. So no. And like, so I I think Nathaniel Hackett is truly a guy that got fired purely for performance reasons, reasons. You know what I mean? So didn't even last a single season uh, there in Denver. I, I thought that was pretty surprising. Um, yeah, well, not surprising if you've watched uh, any Denver Bronco games this year, but uh, <laughs> the true. worst part too, That's like true. to add insult to injury, <laughs> you know, Jerry Rossberg is the guy that they, a uh, senior assistant coach was the one that they named as the interim head coach. He is the guy that Hackett brought on in like w- we three weeks on the job. He's like, I got to get something off my plate. I'm going to get somebody in here to handle in-game management decisions. And right. then like five weeks later, like I got I to gotta get play calling <laughs> off my duties. Too. It's like, so what, what is it you say you do here? He goes, uh, you know, like uh, uh, what's the guy Reisner, Dalton Reisner is pushing backup quarterback, Brett Rippon, like tr- fighting with dudes on the sideline. Cause 
you know, Rippin's trying to stand up for Russ, and then uh, right. the, the offensive lineman Dalton Reisner's like, "Yeah, do something, Brett, do something." And you know, Hackett shows up two seconds later, like pat somebody on the back. What, what are you, what are you even doing here anymore, man? I mean, it was, it, it, you know, it was a disastrous situation. It looked like from the jump, it was going to be a disastrous situation. I mean, I can't remember a head coach uh, where just from the first game, you know, that game against Seattle, week week one this year. It was just like, okay, this is not going to work. He looks over his head. He might be a nice yeah. enough guy, but it just, right. it, it, it was immediately all, all the conspiracy theories that these, that these guys in Denver, George Payton and, and the boys, like, I mean, by the way, it sounds like Payton's going to, you know, potentially survive this, which I, I can't imagine why you're just like, you know what? I definitely want to recommit to the guy who's the architect of the Russell Wilson trade. Like, yeah, don't, don't forget about that. Right. Uh, given the extension out, all that type of stuff. But you know, it's, I, I truly kind of believe that they hired a Nathaniel Hackett because they wanted to court Aaron Rodgers, And then when he decided mm-hmm. he was going to go back to green Bay, sign the mega extension, um, you know, they ended up stuck with this guy and it was clearly just never going to work. Yeah. I don't understand how they, they keep the GM. Um, this is literally one of the worst quarterback contracts um, and trades in in nfl history i i don't think anyone is speaking out of turn when they say that no no not at all and and it's not a very attractive job either no um, everyone's talking know, that, about sean payton sean payton going to denver he ain't going to denver what are you crazy you think he wants to coach up russell wilson and his weird ass like no hell no. by the that's way they don't happen. have they, they don't have any draft picks to trade they have to trade for sean payton's rights you know what i mean like <laughs> the saints still they the saints still own sean payton's contract exactly. they still own his his rights so where all those picks they gave up for us they, they don't have a first round pick to turn around and give uh give the new orleans saints for sean payton so there's a lot of reasons that wouldn't work but yeah chief among them is you have new ownership there that, by the way, they're not tied to the, this is not their GM pick either. I mean, that's, no. that would be the only thing is like, Hey, Sean Payton, we can pay you Walmart money. Okay. You want to come here <laughs> and you want to make Walmart money. You can come suffer for Russ Wilson. But I basically think, and I wrote yeah. this this morning that like this the hire the head coach hiring, you can't like, I almost think you kind of have to make the decision apart from Russell Wilson, like not even think about Russ. Like I know there will be the big talking board will be like, all right, they got to get somebody in there to fix Russ. They got to get somebody in there that's going to build an offense around Russ. Well, ask the Seattle Seahawks how that's gone the last like five years, right? Every offensive right. coordinator they made it's like, well, we got to get Daryl Bevel out of here and bring in Brian Schottenheimer. Well, we got to get Brian Schottenheimer out of here and Russ wants to play in a Shanahan offense. So let's go get Shane Waldron from the LA Rams. And every single time, every offense became the Russell Wilson offense. Like Nate Hackett even said it during training camp. Like, oh, we're going to run Russell Wilson's offense. Well, Congratulations. Look at the result of that <laughs> so far this year. So you basically have to think like, all right, I'm the head coach of the Denver Broncos, whoever, whichever, you know, poor sad sack that's going to be. Um, I'm going to come in here and like, I just, sure, Russ is here, but I'm going to run my system. I'm going to run my program. And look, you know what? If Russ can recapture the form of being a top 15 quarterback, great, but it's gravy, right? Like that, that would be the absolute best I think you could hope for. And really what it is about is it's going to be about the 20, God, I mean, the 2024, 2025 Denver Broncos is what you have yeah. to be thinking about. And and that, like, Russell Wilson is certainly not going to be a part of that team. So you can't get caught in the trap of being like, all right, we're going to hire a head coach with the idea that they're going to come in and, and they're going to get the best out of Russell Wilson. Everything we've seen so far this year just shows that that player doesn't exist. It's got to be the least attractive job 
on the market. It really does. Because you mentioned that um, truly, I think the rebuild starts next year and maybe they see, they see the fruits of their labor um, in two seasons. Maybe they draft a young quarterback um, this upcoming season and, and they just kind of like grit their teeth and bear it for the next couple of seasons as that dead money just gets whittled down. Right. But look, <clears throat> We just saw it with this very same team. This team is willing to move on from a head coach after 16 weeks, right? Not even a full season. What coach is now going to want to come in there and say, oh, yeah, I'm committed to a two-year rebuild? That, like, that is just, that makes absolutely no sense to me if I'm a, if I'm a head coaching candidate, right? Or if I'm a good head coaching candidate, right? If I'm a good head coaching candidate, that situation makes no sense to me where you got rid of a guy because the GM messed up the quarterback situation. And then now you're asking me to come in and give it two years where clearly after two years, you'd after one year, you'd be willing to move on from me. That, that sounds like a terrible idea. <laughs> that sounds like an yeah. absolutely terrible idea. So, uh, so yeah, no. Um, yeah. That's why I find it funny that people were bringing up Sean Payton. Sean Payton ain't going near that job. There is no yeah. way he's going near that job, man. Anyway, I think, all right. I think what, what people do underrate though, last point about this, about like yeah. NFL owners is look, you can be as rich as you want. You can be, you know, again, Walmart money. You have Walmart money, bro. Like that's, that's, that's God. That's money, more money than God. Right. You yeah, know, I yeah, mean, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. you're filthy rich. Right. But at the end of the day, you don't want to be embarrassed. Like these people, uh, these people aren't used to owning things that are bad. They're used to owning Walmart. I mean, right? <laughs> like so, so they they although, still got although, go although to the, Walmart's pretty bad too. But but I hear well, what you're yeah. But I'm just talking from a saying. bottom line yeah, perspective. Yeah, yeah. At the end, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. At the end of the day, there's a lot of people that are shopping at Walmart. Okay. Yes, a lot of yes, a lot yes. of good. Uh, you know, blue collar <clears throat> folks like like myself and Austin Eckler. You know, we're uh, we're out at Walmart, right? <laughs> blue collar guys. Uh, but my 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 point my Jesus point Christ. is yeah. <laughs> my, my my point is that um you know they still got to go to these like charity functions and league meetings and and That's just getting absolutely clowned. So it's like it's one That's thing true. to sit there and say like okay we're gonna hire somebody and, and we're gonna we know we're gonna be bad again, but then you got to go out there and live it for 17 weeks and that's just really hard just like living through it's at one point this year it's like okay the broncos just are what they are every time they're on tv it's almost becomes a joke but now we're sitting here like staring down the barrel of what do they do with russell wilson going forward and it's like actually is making me uncomfortable like physically uncomfortable thinking about like wow we might have to just run this back next year with the same guy oh. and just that makes me again it makes me uncomfortable it makes me embarrassed and i i'm not attached to this at all the people whose names are you know on the on the that are signing checks they gotta wear it somehow and that's tough right yeah no exactly it's a <laughs> golly what, what a situation they got there uh in the mile high selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other 
other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Okay, let's talk about uh, an actual uh, good thing that happened in the NFL. How about this Eagles-Cowboys game? Oh, my God, what a great game. Back and forth it was. Um, and, man, I was so impressed by the performance of Gardner Minshew. Maybe I shouldn't be. Um, he was one of my top sleepers uh, in fantasy last week. And I'll tell you this. He has been so impressive I he needs to get a starting gig somewhere. I mean, this is a guy that over his last nine games, Matt, and, and actually I'm not even counting this um, uh, this Cowboys game, but coming into week 16 had averaged more than 300 receiving or excuse me, 300 passing yards over his previous nine games uh, and has had scored two or more touchdowns in nine of his last 11 games, right? So like this is somebody who can absolutely play and boy, I tell you what, with that supporting cast surrounding him in Philadelphia, I thought he played, uh, basically, I thought he played his tail off, man. Yeah, I think he played well. I think the box score is a little bit better than um, than than his actual play. I think the accuracy was a little shaky at times. He definitely left some throws on the field, but we're nitpicking, right? I mean, this is, right. I definitely think he is in that fringe starter, high quality backup um, ter- like tier in the NFL. Like, I would rather have a guy like him. Then I'd rather have, you know, like Jameis Winston, Sam Darnold, those guys we were talking about earlier. Um, I think you could get away with Minshew as a starter, at least a bridge guy. And he'll be, you know, he'll be a free agent at the end of this year. So um, he definitely will have an opportunity, I think, to go somewhere else. And I think he showed enough in this game to to get into like a training camp competition or something or something like that. You know, I mean, if the Jets don't end up with Jimmy G, I think Minshew would be interesting. Like, I think he'll be he'll be pretty much everybody's fallback back plan. Right. Um, there will be some interesting quarterbacks on the market this year, you know, with, with Jimmy G, Minshew, and, and he, obviously Tom Brady will be a free agent too. Um, maybe we'll talk about Tom Brady in a little bit when we talk about Mike Evans. But um, yeah, I, I think in this game, oh, man, it was just, it was like a treat. It, being like a wide receiver guy, I was just, there were so many great <laughs> wide receiver right. moments. I, I don't know, right. I don't know where to start. I mean, obviously, because, you know, AJ Brown was was doing his thing, of course, and and the Cowboys were even kind of using Trayvon Diggs to to track A.J. Brown around the field uh, early on in the game, which is not something that they normally do. Uh, but then as soon as I saw them doing that, I was like, oh, boy. Six Devontae is about Smith to go off. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, exactly. He's, <clears throat> and he sure he's about to go nuts. And he did, yeah. And, you know, I come away from this game just – I know I've said this on the pod a couple of times recently, but 
he is he's a one B receiver. He might be the Eagles number two receiver, but he is not a he is not a number two receiver. Okay, like he just happens to play across a guy who is you know a fringe top five, top seven at bare minimum player at the position in AJ Brown. But yeah, I mean Devontae Smith. It just it's a shame about the low BMI man. He really could have been a great player. Uh, it's a it's a real shame <laughs> about that. <laughs> Oh my goodness. It's, it was the, but you know, the thing is it was a combination of the BMI and he didn't test the speed. God, like, well, it he's, like been very- he's old, bro. He's in, isn't he? He's old. He's been, in, he was in college for so long. I mean, those guys that stay in college for so long are never good. <laughs> there was so, there were so many like narratives that he broke, like he broke people's brains um, wow. What, a, what an interesting player, uh, Devonte Smith is because he's not overly fast. He's obviously light in the britches. Uh, and as you mentioned, he's an older prospect too. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was, Oh my he gosh. Absolutely br- breaking people's brains. Just stuffing it to down the spreadsheets, you know, every single, every single time here. I mean, he's, he's just a great player and he's, he's similar with Chris Olave who had a lot of like the late, the non early declare type stuff in his, in his profile, right. Um, you know, a small, not the same, <laughs> he didn't weigh like, you know, a middle schooler or whatever, but he's not the same, <laughs> uh, same size speed as, as a guy like Smith, but, um, you know, it's similar guys that just, Hey, if you just watch them play, man, you, you know, they're great. And especially for Devonte too, man, he is a, as a rookie. It was like, this guy's out there winning as an X receiver, despite his size, like he's getting open. His reception perception profile was, I mean, pretty much flawless. And uh, God, I wish I wish I drafted him in more places because of that profile. Uh, just obviously had some questions about the offense questions that ended up, you know, not aging well uh, because of how good Jalen hurts been, but really because of how good the ecosystem is in general. Like you can drop Gardner Minshew into this offense and it, it not that it doesn't skip a beat, right? I think they might win that game if Jalen hurts is back there, yeah, but it still looks, I think so. It still looks really, really good. And mm-hmm. I mean, what is the hole in Devonte Smith's game right now? Like, because we know Nothing. he's a great separator. Yeah. It, yeah. None. I, I don't think so. I mean, he's this game in particular, and obviously again, has the coverage matchup, right? Where, where we want to attack Dallas with those number two receivers guys, not, not playing on Trayvon Diggs' side, but still, a level of competition, whatever. Guy was making like unbelievable ath- acrobatic catches. That's it's very, um, you know, another guy I think who's bit, who's not a number two receiver is more of a one B, like very Tyler Lockett esque in the way he can track deep balls and win in those tight spaces and really make highlight real catches. Um, he wins, he makes big plays, he separates at all levels. Like he, I just think he is a a player that doesn't have a hole in his game right now. Uh, let me ask you this: <clears throat> player comp. Always a fun game, but uh, is he Marvin Harrison? Is he like a Marvin Harrison 2.0? Well, yeah. Well, number one, let me just be clear about uh, Marvin Harrison. Wasn't doing reception perception back uh, in Marvin Harrison's prime because <laughs> right. I believe I was believe right. I was in high school. Correct. Maybe. Yes, I think you maybe. were in middle school, right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I drafted. I know. I drafted Marvin Harrison on my first fantasy there you team. Go. Uh, there you go. But there you go. I think it was a down year that I drafted him. If I if I remember correctly, not a good not a good first or second round pick by me. Uh, but regardless, that's not the point P- point here is that, yeah, I know. I think it's actually very similar, a very similar player, you know, a lighter guy, whatever, but you know, I think he's on that same axis of player as like, uh, you know, Calvin Ridley, Stefan Diggs, like the, the outside, the numbers, big time separators, um, very similar player in that regard. But yeah, obviously Harrison's the comparison because he's a smaller guy and you know, it's just a, he's, it's a good lesson that you can't call somebody an outlier when they've already like, Oh man, if he is a successful NFL player, he's going to have to be an outlier. Well, he's already an outlier of a player at the collegiate level because he's playing at that weight, winning at that weight and winning the Heisman as a, 
at that right. weight. Like we just don't talk about that enough that like wide receivers just don't, they don't win the Heisman. Okay. Cause there's yeah. like usually a quarterback or running back or something like that. And then this guy just goes out and does what he does. He's so impressive. So he was already an outlier. He's continued to be an outlier at the NFL level. And man, I just think he is such a fun player. And I love when you get two wide receiver, like a two, a two man wide receiver duo like this, that the guys really just complement each other in AJ Brown and, and Devonte Smith. And man, it's just been fun. I've been, been a fun, been fun uh, group to track and, this game in particular, just obviously Devontae Smith just went off and, you know, with, with a backup quarterback, you just, you really love to see it. Yeah. Devontae Smith, uh, 12 targets, eight catches, one thirteen, and two touchdowns and was just absolutely dominant. You know, another player that absolutely went bonkers was a CD lamb, 11 targets, 10 receptions, one twenty, and two touchdowns. And I thought the most notable thing about what CD lamb did was that they pretty much um, I mean, they stuck him inside about 50 per, or excuse me, 60% of the time. He only lined up out wide, uh, 38% of the snaps. And, and I'll tell you, almost all of his production came while lined up inside nine of his 11 targets came while he was lined up as an inside slot, man. Uh, nine of his 10 receptions, 113 yards while lined up inside. And one of his touchdowns lined up inside as well, but no, this guy just absolutely dominated from the slot. Man, I I know we talk about CeeDee Lamb a lot on the show. I think we he do. might be one of my most favorite wide receivers in the NFL right now. Um, you know, because he is just, in this game in particular, uh, before we talk about CeeDee Lamb, I do want to give credit to Kellen Moore because, um, you know, I think Kellen Moore is kind of, I don't know if I would say that some of the shine has come off of him, um, but, you know, obviously like, you know, he's, he's been in Dallas forever. He was literally Dak's backup quarterback. At one point. I know. And they're just crazy. Like, you know, let's just, let's go crazy. ahead and take him and put him in a coaching staff instead. Cause we don't want him. We don't want him playing <laughs> ever again. Okay. But, but we would love to Dallas loves to do this, by the yeah. way, they love to groom their own guys. That's how Jason Garrett, the great Jason Garrett became, you know, a head coach for them forever was because he was, he basically did the same thing as Kellen Moore. So, you know, this, this Dallas loves to do this stuff with their guys. Um, but you know, I, I, I think Moore has had up and down moments as an offensive coordinator. I like a lot of the concepts that he puts together for this team, but if there's one thing, and I don't know if this is a Kellen Moore thing or if it's a, if it's a Dak Prescott thing. Um, but one thing I think the Cowboys aren't great at, and I, I think I put a lot of this on, on Kellen Moore too, is that, you know, sometimes it feels like he gets stuck on his sequence. He gets stuck on his, on the, like, all right, I go this play, this play, this play. And, you know, instead of just like, Hey, we're hammering them with this thing right here. Like we're like, this run is shredding this team. Like let's just keep ripping it with Pollard on these outside stretch runs. Let's just keep yeah. ripping it with Tony Pollard in the screen game. Like, you know, and I, I use the Tony Pollard example a lot, but that's not all, all the, all the things I mean, you know, route combination stuff like that. Hey, we're really ripping them um, with this dagger concept, something like that. You know, the corner routes from the slot, let's just keep hammering that. It's like, they stay on their sequence too much to a fault. And, instead of just tapping those easy buttons. But man, I got, I got to give Kellen Moore a lot of credit in this game in particular, you know, um, CD lamb is already having a good game. And then Avante Maddox, the Eagles slot corner gets hurt and a backup comes in there and they just, you know, people, I've been saying people have been where where's Waldo uh, on, uh, on Kelvin Joseph on the Cowboys secondary. They wear Waldo, like the slot coverage there for CD lamb, 38.1% targets per route run against zone coverage in this game for CD lamb. And he just went, it, when it, when lined up in the slot, he just went berserk. And uh, it just really shows like the level of wide receiver. He has graduated to, I think is, is among right after the, those elite wide receivers. I think he's right there in that group because 
you know, defense is starting to account for this too. Uh, Jory Epstein wrote a great uh, piece for Yahoo recently. I, would, uh, I retweeted it this morning. I'd encourage people uh, to go check it out. Like the amount of growth and the amount of work that CD has put into his route running and his uh, understanding of leverage of zone coverage. And it was just, it was a I mean, great timing by Jory to write that piece. And then for him to have that game against the Eagles zone coverage secondary, it was like perfect timing because he really has become um, that type of player. And they're putting like, he got 26.5% of his uh, yards after the catch in this game. Th- that's another thing that his understanding of leverage and then the way they're scheming him into these slot looks it's allowing him to actually look a lot like CD lamb from Oklahoma when he was such a yak merchant there. Ah, that's a very good point. And, and, uh, something I hadn't really thought of, um, you know, there's such a, it's such an interesting conversation that's around CD, right? Like people want him to be this dominant X receiver. Um, and maybe that conversation is a little dated. Maybe we should want him to be a dominant number one and maybe for him to be a dominant number one, he's got to do what he's doing this year, which is basically splitting up. Uh, the slot and outside looks. I, I'm not. I'm not sure where I, I fall on that. You know, because again, the history of football is long, and the history of football is you know it, it's pretty telling. Um, but I, and and again, you know me, Matt. I'll, I'll I'll be the first one to admit. Like I look for that big old you know bodied speedy x receiver on the outside and if you want to run your passing game through that 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 feels comfortable to me but as we have seen recently uh, with cooper cup you can absolutely destroy defenses uh, with a great wide receiver lined up inside as well yes you absolutely can and i think cd is that guy and to his credit and this is something i talked to cd lamb recently about was it's so much harder to be a guy like CeeDee Lamb that has to play all three positions and that has specialized at all three positions at his point at this point in his career. And I was glad that when I asked him about that, like, hey, you know, talk to me a little bit about playing all these positions. Like, I think it goes undersold, like how difficult that is. He's like, yeah, it is really difficult. Like, I was glad he didn't mince words when I asked him about it. It's like, it's not it's not like, OK, I'm going to come in here and I'm going to be like a 90 percent slot player. I'm only going to play a slot or I'm only going to play. X. Yeah. It's like having to play in those different positions situationally is really hard. And I actually think that's kind of it's been nice that they've really made him more of like that 60 percent slot guy this year because it allows him to just focus on one thing. And I think that's where you see that understanding of leverage the zone coverage breaks like where he can you know because there's just these details that he's got on the top of his routes at this point make him just always open I can't wait to see what his zone coverage success rate looks like at the end of the year in reception perception because I think it's gonna be pretty high because he's really just he's always in the right spot for Dak he's always in those great great positions and now we're seeing if the Cowboys can get production from their outside receivers you know T.Y. Hilton I know it was just one catch but that was that was impressive for T.Y. to go and rip like a 50-yarder on third and 30. And, you know, Michael Gallup catches a touchdown as well. Like, if they can get some production from those outside receivers. Um, Joy highlighted this in her piece. Uh, you never you never see this happen. But, like, against the Jaguars, uh, there was a play towards the end of the game where literally, like, because of CD's route, he ended up with, like, three guys near him. Uh, not like not like all three guys are, are covering him or whatever, but he ends up with three players near him. And the, the Jacksonville Jaguars are totally okay to just let, like, you know, the outside receivers just run go routes in, in, in single coverage on, on the outside. But if they can get production out of guys like T.Y. on the outside, which is crazy because, you know, he's a billion years old, or, uh, you know, Michael Gallup there as well, now you're starting to really cook with something there. and you can Then you can have a really special passing game that primarily functions through the slot receiver. 
Hey, listen, uh, Gallup obviously coming off that ACL. I think he's starting to look a lot better. And let's be real here. That play, third and 30 by T.Y. Hilton, Eugene Hilton coming in off the couch. Like this dude was on his couch a month ago doing nothing. This dude on third and 30, biggest moment of the game. They don't convert right there. That game is over, dude. Like the fact that they convert on third and 30 keeps that drive alive, keeps the game alive. And everything that cascaded after that came because they converted on third and 30 with a longtime downfield vet in T.Y. Hilton, man. Special throw, special catch. And boy, I tell you what, that was a special moment in that game. I, I was I was so gassed. Um, as that game was going on, uh, and man, if you guys watch that, my direct TV show, man, like I, <laughs> I couldn't get off of that moment. I couldn't get off of that moment. My co-hosts are looking at me like, man, this guy is really on one. But I mean, you just think about all the, the, all the moving parts that go into that one play. Uh, yeah. and boy, I tell you, it, it was pretty special. It was special. And I, I, maybe you don't have the same reaction, uh, because of it, like I would, but for me too, it's like, sometimes you see something like that play out and it it's like wow this is what this offense has been missing because you know Michael Gallup is a guy again we don't expect he's 100% healthy right now like he might not be 100% healthy until beginning of next year like from a football perspective or maybe like we're not even close to 12 months uh you know since his since his ACL tear it happened in January at the end of the regular season last year right so we're not we're not even 12 months out of it yet but um, he's still is he's a vertical receiver, but he's more of like a vertical downfield receiver. Um, he's not a a necessarily a speed guy. I do think Michael Gallup's an underrated route runner, an underrated separator, but he's not a vertical speed guy. Like I would have definitely told you <laughs> that Ty Hilton, like based on his RP profile last year, I think he might have been playing through injury stuff like that. But I was like, ah, he he might have lost that speed. But hey, you know what? Some time away from the game can really help sometimes get the legs back and. You know, he looked like he still had a little bit of that speed. And and that's like what this, to, for me, when I saw the 50 plus yard catch, like that's, it'd be like if that's what we want the, from the Chargers, right? We talk, we talk about the Chargers, like lacking speed. <laughs> I think Dallas <laughs> has a little bit of that same thing. Even if guys yeah. like CD have juice, Michael Gallup have juice, probably more so than the, the Chargers counterpoints for sure. Um, but like some speed as that third receiver spot, that'd be great. And if TY can give them that, even if it's just for, I mean, what do he, he what he played like 11 snaps in in this game yeah he played 11 offensive snaps um you know he only had the one target uh but it was it was a pretty important one um yeah he runs five routes in the game okay if you can give him five to ten routes of speed (laughs) in the game that's pretty important (laughs) dude ran five routes you know uh, to to that point too like going back to the whole charges example it's like like that injury to Jalen Guyton we we I know time didn't think that it was going to be that big of a deal but you know what it was Jalen Guyton may not be on the field, you know, 90% of the time, but I tell you what, man, they absolutely, those five times that he goes downfield, like they need that. You know what I'm saying? Um, and if T Y Hilton could give it to him for the Cowboys, man, like I tell you what, I think you're absolutely onto something. They, they, they need that speed and it's not just speed too. As we saw with Hilton, like he gives them reliable speed down the yeah. field, like a guy that can make, grabs in difficult spots in big spots down the field that's what they need and i think that's what they got uh with ty that's what they wanted to get with odell i think uh but then i think the medicals came back and i think they realized like well okay i guess we're not going to be getting that uh with odell so let's go and sign ty hilton man so no interesting stuff 
Hey, last thing I'll say about CD too, uh, the fact that he is able to kind of like overachieve and like play all three different receiver spots. Like I, I almost wonder, like, do you think like they, the Cowboys themselves did not appreciate how difficult that is. And then tried to apply that yep. to a rookie in Jalen Tolbert and kind of messed him up going into 2022. Because remember that's, all the reports were Jalen Tolbert's trying to work inside, outside. Uh, they didn't really have a clear plan for where they were going to mix in Jalen Tolbert. Now, I wonder if that just screwed him up. Yeah, because there were times this offseason. Uh, I was like, God, I forgot Jalen Tolbert exists. But uh, there were times this offseason where it's like, oh, Tolbert is making plays in training camp. But it feels like the longer the offseason went, the the more he fell behind. And yeah, maybe right. you're right. Maybe maybe that's a maybe that's a part of it because it's it is really hard. People don't understand like how it's basically, I always say this all the time. It's like basically playing two different positions. Like what a guy is doing at X receiver is so different than what a guy is doing at slot receiver. Like it's a whole different, it's a whole different set of routes, the whole different understanding of timing. And then for a guy like CD to, to do, that's why I think the he was a guy who, you know, fantasy managers and, and especially people in the dynasty community are like, Oh, he's, he's not producing what we expected. He's not, he's not a real number one receiver. It's like, God, he's like three receiver. He's like three receivers and one the number one receiver. He's like, basically playing three positions and that is so hard and of course like i always thought it was annoying that it's like cd is a guy you drafted in what 17th overall and he was like an incredible prospect that fell to you like i stopped making his position uh like changing his role based on whether amari cooper or michael gallup are hurt like just give him a position and let him master it i think they've finally done it this year and and we he's a guy who's fifth in the nfl in targets top 10 in yards and he's putting up to his dominant performance to play which is great to see Stay refreshed with Taste Salud, the ultimate hydration experience. Dive into the world of Agua Frescas, designed to elevate your day, boost your energy, stay hydrated, and unwind with Salud's on-the-go stick packets, each with just one gram of sugar. Exclusive for our listeners, enjoy a 10% discount on your first order with code TASTE10 at checkout. Visit tastesalud.com for the full selection. Taste the difference with Taste Salud. Cheers to health. Passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is Reception Perception, the show now. James Cole and Matt Harmon. Man, at the wide receiver position, there were, and at the running back position too, but this was a, a week, semi, fantasy semifinals, Matt Harmon, where, oh my gosh, can we at least get like, you know, normal production from some of our stars? But my goodness, there were a number of top 25 fantasy assets that did absolutely nothing. Uh, I would be curious. I, I haven't done it myself, but 
Shane Zilstra versus Stefan Diggs, Devontae Adams, Mike Evans, Nuke Hopkins, Garrett Wilson, and Juju Smith-Schuster. You add them all together, does it equal Shane Zilstra? I got to look and find out. But, man, I'll tell you what. It was absolutely brutal, brutal at the very, very top end when we're talking about Stefan Diggs, Devontae, and Mike Evans. Oh, man. And, and Juju too, man. I, I like, those are all guys that were on all my like semifinal teams. So you don't have to tell me about, um, about disappointing performances for sure. Uh, I, I knew better than to hope that Mike Evans was going to have some big game uh, to save me in any semi (laughs) James, do you know what Tom Brady's time to throw was against the Cardinals last night? I have no idea. Would you like to guess? I mean, obviously Um, it's outrageously low. Yeah. So I'll say 2.3. Oh no, that's his season average, which is the okay. fastest in the NFL. Uh, yeah, one, 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 one? point eight eight. Yeah, one point eight eight second time to throw. <laughs> one? What are you talking about? One? That's that's not, is that possible? I've never seen. Listen, I've worked with next gen stats for a long time. I've li- I, I'm I'm telling you right now, I've literally never seen a one. A one? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, that was the, the numbers I was looking at. It was 1.88, which is just oh in, my god, insane. Uh, so that is that's disgusting, dude. Wow. It's it's crazy. And so obviously that's an extreme example. But even the 2.3 all year is is crazy fast. Yeah, so it's low. I, yeah, it's I just low. we're gonna get we're gonna get so many uh you know notes Jesus. this year. About <laughs> we're gonna get god. so we're gonna get so many things, and we've already heard it right. Like. Um, oh, you know, Tom Brady. Yeah. I'm looking at it right now. It just, this is, this is average time to throw, uh, this from the site. I have it 1.88, 1.88 wow. in week 16 wow. regular season here. I mean, that's insane. Um, so, wow. and it's obviously the, it's the only one, uh, from last week, uh, that's, that's under two, of course, uh, obviously to, Jesus. Yeah, obviously. But so we're going to, we get, we've already gotten so many times this year where it's like, Man, Tom Brady and Mike Evans not on the same page against like, well, no shit, they're not on the same page. You try being a downfield receiver and you get into the right spot in 1.88 seconds. Exactly, man. What the hell is going on? Oh so, my god. Like, Horrible. I knew I knew better than to hope that Mike Evans was going to, you know, get, get vintage week 16 performance, but that's just crazy that that's been going on all year and man, I think like how does the Brady thing is so tough. Cause I think Brady can still play, but like, he just doesn't, he doesn't want to get hit. He doesn't want to get hit nope. at all. And obviously he has no creation ability. Um, you know, Carson Wentz, for example, got rid of the ball 2.07 seconds. Uh, when he, when he unfortunately got in the game against the 49ers, um, like, but for all of Wentz's flaws and they are many flaws, he's yeah. not, he can at least like get on the move a little bit. If there's pressure, you know, um, for sure. not that anything, not that anything's good, good is going to happen, but <laughs> He can, get, he can get on the move. Um, how about Joe? Better example, Joe Burrow, 2.23 seconds uh, in week 16. And he's another one that's gotten rid of the ball pretty fast this year. But like when he's not getting rid of the ball fast, he can at least he has the ability to create on the move. He's actually yeah. added a ton of EPA this year on scrambles. But like, yeah, the Brady stuff is just he's that's not within his bag at all. So I, I'm actually I'm curious to see, obviously, of course, what Tampa Bay does the quarterback position for these guys like Evans and Godwin next year. But I mean, Brady just like, God, where's he going to play next year that has like a fortress of an offensive line that he can sit back there and hold it, hold on to it for 2.4, 2.5 and actually let routes develop? I don't know. Well, I think there's there's ways to get around that too. play action being the number one way to get around that. that. Uh, to, yeah, I know they don't ever do that. And uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Like there's a lot of interesting spots 
uh, for Tom Brady, but that's neither here nor there. How about this though? I'll give this to you. Devonte Adams, Mike Evans, and Nuke Hopkins between the three of them. Okay. They only converted on six catches on 27 targets, 27. So these guys averaged about nine targets between the three of them. And they got about two catches each man. Like, Oh my God, a 22% catch rate between Devonte Adams, Mike Evans, and Nuke Hopkins. We're talking about, I mean, especially like Nuke and Devonte, some of the most reliable hands in the NFL. What the hell happened? I mean, I guess with Nuke, you can kind of sort of get it. You know, they're down there, third string quarterback, um, Jalen Ramsey yeah. locking them up or whatever, but still one of 10. Oh my God, that's bad. Devonte Adams, two of nine. What? Where? Yeah, what's I mean, the well, excuse those, those there? That's crazy. Gotta be close. They gotta be close to you for the receiver to catch them. And I mean, yeah, this is yeah, the yeah, yeah. this is the danger of uh, with a guy like New Hopkins. You know, the analysis as well. Well, we've seen him perform. We've seen him be quarterback proof in the past. The Texans think of all those goofballs mm-hmm. in Houston that he produced with. It's like, well, we haven't seen him play with Trace McSorley yet. And Trace McSorley is <laughs> is quite bad, bad at, at the bad. game of football. So um, you know it, that that's tough too, especially oh, when they've God. got guys like Greg Dortch. You got to dial those slot targets up for Greg Dortch when you can. You know Hollywood Brown's been mixing in as a non outside the numbers receiver. It's just Nuke is going to draw the hardest targets on the team. I mean the hardest throws on the on the on the team, and then getting those routes downfield from Trace McSorley is just you're doomed. But, yeah, te- it, but one one catch on all those targets is. That's that was tough to that was tough to stomach. Although I was pretty out on Nuke this past week because of yeah. the McSorley factor. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, I'll tell you what, I, I threw a Juju on this list too because you know three catches, twenty seven yards, uh, five point seven fantasy points. I, I really honestly thought against Seattle's primarily zone cover three defense, like I really thought Juju was going to do well. Um, and and I I just don't feel like Patrick really looked at him at all. I mean, they threw him four targets. He caught three of them. Uh, but that really wasn't the offense. The the offense really just went away from Juju Smith Schuster, and um, and and that was a disappointment. And, and so uh, again, I'm only speaking. That, I'm only saying that because again, I'm airing out some grievances here. I had Juju on a couple big spots, and uh, I didn't get yeah, those Juju too. points, man. <laughs> I needed some Juju points. <laughs> yeah, I mean, nobody on the on the receiving end did anything. Um, we've gotten to a point where, like, who who cares about literally anybody else except. You know, Travis Kelsey. Kelsey, of course, but then like Jarek McKinnon, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Juju at least ran 27 routes, which was the same as Travis Kelsey, you know, and then they've got this Justin Watson guy out there getting his cardio in still 22 routes, no targets wow. uh, on those 20 or you know, four targets, no catches on those 22. What What is it with the Justin Watson thing again? Is he like, I don't the know. Best block? Is he the best blocking receiver on planet earth? Uh, it, it, this is like the Matt Collins thing for me, you know, like I don't, I just throw my hands up. Like why, why are yeah, these guys out there yeah, so least, much? At least Matt Collins falls ass backwards into big games every now and again. That's true. Watson, Watson is, uh, it's got what, what I, I'm dying to know. I need a chiefs. Like I need somebody that's connected to the chiefs to tell me what is the deal with the Justin Watson thing? Because this guy plays all the time, you know, they, they get sky more in the second round. They trade for Kadarius Tony. I know Tony's been hurt. Um, hey, shoot, damn, even MVS, right? Like they sign MVS to all this money in the offseason. Justin Watson is playing over MVS. Uh, and I don't even think MVS is that good, right? So I'm not sitting here trying to go, what about MVS? You got to get MVS at the ball or whatever. But like <laughs> this guy, Justin Watson, has he's gone over 50 yards receiving once all year. Once. Oh my God. He's got three straight, three straight games with zero catches. 
and he has run 31 24 and 22 routes over those what is the deal with the justin watson thing i need i need a deep dive i need a deep dive on what is going on with this justin watson situation where he is running just a boatload of routes and not like nothing is happening with them and he's playing with the best quarterback on planet earth and doing nothing to your point matt collins has fallen ass backwards playing with Derek carr dog like oh my god justin Watson, like how, how does he not just fall ass backwards into like two or three catches a game i i have no idea but it is bizarre i mean and that's that's why you get a situation where you know travis kelsey he gets 113 yards and nobody else has more than 32, which was <laughs> Isaiah Pacheco, a running back. Jerry McKinnon, 31 yards. He's a running back. Unbelievable, man. It's crazy. Um, running backs, too. There were some major disappointments. I mean, Aaron Jones with a 5.4 spot, 34 total yards, two receptions. Josh Jacobs, after just a torrid start to the season has really just kind of come back crashing back down to earth 50 yards one reception for him does deandre swift does he exist is he an actual nfl player i'm not sure 25 yards one reception for a guy in deandre swift that i just it just doesn't make any sense to me like they just must not like the guy or or he's hurt or i i just i don't understand deandre swift never plays he doesn't get carries when he touches the ball he's fine it just doesn't touch the ball. So I don't really understand what's going on there. How about Ramondre Stevenson? That one was a soul crusher. Oh. This has one of the, been one of the most reliable fantasy assets in all uh, uh, of 2022. This dude compiled 33 yards with two receptions and a fumble, man. Oh, goodness gracious. And finally, Miles Sanders, 71 yards, one reception and a fumble, just crushing uh, the hopes and dreams of fantasy managers out there in the fantasy semis. A lot of stars didn't do squat here in week 16 and we get it every week it's just god it's just so amplified uh here in week 16 when you're in the fantasy semis man all right so there you go uh anyways interesting conversation obviously if you guys would like to uh kind of pick our brains on it or maybe go back and forth with what we're talking about find us on twitter find us on discord uh be sure to subscribe to the channel of course and uh receptionperception.com what are you doing if you're not subscribed already come on now best information out there in the football universe there you go all right so for matt Harmon, i'm james Coe. we'll see you Have you heard of Nordic Knots? The Scandinavian rug company that has become the insider brand gracing some of the most beautiful homes around the world? With rug designs by some of the world's leading designers and a signature collection of wool and jute rugs in modern colors? But Nordic Knots is not just about great design. Their mission is to make quality rugs that last, with no compromises. Goodweave certified, handmade pieces woven in all natural materials. At NordicKnots.com, it's easy to find a rug that's just right. A curated collection in lots of colors and sizes to choose from. Even custom sizes are possible. So, whether you're the type who loves the understated elegance of their luxury essentials or the bold statements from their top designer collaborations, you can't really go wrong. Oh, and don't tell anyone, but right now, you can get a free sample with the code INNERCIRCLE. NordicKnots.com.